Hey everyone, we are back for another exciting rehearsal this week, and I am pretty sure everyone is finally done with band camps, yet we still have drum corps to talk about. We will find out what made Nicole say... It is a great idea. I mean, honestly, over the years, and when I say over the years, I mean like my career in Color Guard. And why Tom said... So, Pat, what's the future of the Troopers Legacy group? Are we going to see them again? Are they going to be around to... All this and more. So get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form. Check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. We made it to the end of August. Woo! <laughs> and band camps are finally over. School is starting. College and universities are having their first performances. And we still have some drum corps to talk about. So let's see who's on the sideline this week. Hey, Tom. Hello, everybody from sunny California. You know, we had like a tropical storm here, but um, it was more like just some rain. <laughs> <laughs> My app keeps telling me that it's raining here, and it is it is absolutely not. So I don't know where it's getting this information from. <laughs> it's the end of the end of the world. Hi, Steven. Hey, Jackie. What's up, Nicole? Hi, Jackie. Loving this back-to-school weather. Yeah. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, it's great to be back. Our guest host this week is Sandy Tate. You guys may remember her if you've been listening all along. Sandy got to march in the Troopers alumni group this year, and we definitely want to hear about that. Welcome, Sandy. Hey, hi. Good to see everybody. <laughs> All right. So I know, like I mentioned, you've been on this podcast before, but I'm pretty sure the last time you were here, we didn't have this really cool tradition that we do with everybody now called the 32 Count Life Story. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I think uh, it's like tell your story or whatever you want to say in about 30 seconds. It is about 30 seconds. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to give you a met. It's Eight on the mat, and then you just go right into your life story. Ready? All right. So basically my story, um, I started in the marching arts at Blackwatch in 2012 and 2013, and then I went to Hawthorne Caballeros, and I was there for about six years from 2014-2019. I was on the Greater Kensington String Band. Uh, I was a dancer for 2022 and 2023. And for I've been at the Reading Buccaneers now for the last two years. And yeah, uh, I came from a family that was very much into the marching arts and singing. So that's kind of my shtick. <laughs> nice. That was like perfect timing and everything. So I have to ask, because we did this little bit um, on our last episode, actually we've done it for a couple episodes now, but uh, it's just something funny that a friend of mine and I came up with. It's called what part of the marching band show are you? So like if you could use a marching band show 
to like explain your personality, what would you say that you are? Oh, um, I am definitely the ballad. Um, I tend to enjoy like more fluid, slower movement. Uh, that's just me as a dancer, what I enjoy. Um, but I'm also incredibly passionate, which I feel like you feel that a lot in the ballad. Um, True. And all about showmanship. <laughs> I love to, you know, just do what I love. Jeremy, were you here when I asked this question last time? Uh, no, I don't think I had seen this part before. Well, I, I need to know then. What what part of the marching band show are you? <laughs> you know, that's that's a tricky one. I liked I really liked Sandy's answer with the ballad, so I can't really go with something similar to that. So I'm going to go with the closer, because even though it's like it's at the end of the show, it's the most exciting and the most ready to go. If that makes any sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I, I, I feel, I feel like you're a lot like me and I always have said, I'm the, the, the like part of the closer specifically, that is the reprise of the opener. Cause I'm like, I really want to be the opener, but really I am the closer. Like that's yeah. <laughs> and I mean, let's be real. That's the biggest part of the show anyway. It's the last it, thing it, you remember. It's, it's the, it's the last hurrah at the end of the show. <laughs> So let's talk Troopers alumni. First of all, why? Why why did you decide to do it? Like what was the motivation behind that? Um, well, we have a week off from uh the Reading Buccaneers and most DCA cores at that time usually take a break um just for everybody to rejuvenate and kind of have some part of their summer where maybe they get to go on a vacation. So my husband said, hey, on our week off, how would you feel about doing more drum corps? And I was like, uh. Um, but I was like, you know what? It sounds like it'll be fun. And, you know, I wanted to support him. So if it's something he really wanted to do, I was like all about it. Um, just because it's, you know, with a DCI core and like neither one of us have marched DCI or got to march in Lucas Oil. So we were like, oh, my gosh, that'd be such a cool experience. And one of our friends from the Riding Buccaneers was also a trooper before. And, you know, he was getting everybody into it. So we were like, all right, this sounds like a blast. Um, so that's kind of how we got into it. But, yeah, it was a ton of fun. We had an amazing time. So you were already coming off of doing drum corps. What did you have to do to prepare for this, uh, this alumni experience? Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, cause I had a lot of people reach out and they're like, wow, like how'd you learn a show in such a quick period of time? But a lot of the work took place before we even got there. Like everything measurements were taken. Um, you had to do video assignments, you know, to show that like you were either playing or, you know, spinning the work or whatever was required. Um, you know, you got to know the show music, you, I had, and so did my husband, we both had our uh, drill sheets like already printed out before we went over there. Like there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So basically the hope was all you had to do was just learn the drill and kind of where everybody was, you know, and then you were like, yeah. good to go. Awesome. Now I've got a thought when we, whenever we go out to start marching, getting ready for a show, we always have a certain idea in our mind of how that's going to look. Did this alumni experience, did that match what you expected in your head or was it kind of totally different? 
Um, I gotta be honest, I didn't really have any expectations. Um, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Like I know I'd had previous marching knowledge, but I've never been part of like an alumni corps or anything like that. So I really wasn't sure what to expect. Gotcha. Was there any, was there anything say that happened that was totally out of left field that you're like, you know, I, of all the things that could have happened, I never had that on my radar. So I feel like wherever you march, whether it's like a string band, indoor color guard, you know, drum corps, whatever, like everybody usually bonds, but because this is like such a short trip, it was only, we were really only together for like five and a half, six days. I didn't expect there to be such a quick bond with people. Um, and that was like felt across the whole drum corps. Um, even the way that they would bring in like their traditions, like, you know, throughout the whole thing, they were like, you are a trooper. And it was just like, so cool to feel like part of a family and to really bond with everybody. Not that I wouldn't expect that, but it was just like, wow, like what a cool experience. Yeah. I mean, drum corps is definitely a huge family, (laughs) but just that short amount of time you guys bonding that much is such a cool experience. I think it's amazing too. Cause you said you hadn't actually marched troopers like junior Corps, right? It was just an open invitation to get alumni in there. Um, yeah, that's, that's really encouraging. I'm not going to lie. I've been getting <laughs> those emails about the blue stars alumni Corps coming up oh, and I'm kind of like, do it. I, oh, there's yeah. like a, there's like a whole group of people that are literally going from alumni to alumni and just like <laughs> soaking up all the tradition I love and like it. Just almost treating it like a drum corps vacay where they get to do what they love, but also experience something different, you know? So, I, so cool. I would encourage you to do that. That, that sounds amazing, honestly, because yeah, it's, it's been a minute since I've been on, on a field. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, let's get off with our uh, gush and goes for the week. We'll start with Tom. Oh, my gush and go this week is about the great folks at Pearl and Adams Percussion. Uh, these guys are killing it, and they always have, but they represented so well at DCI Finals, so many good Pearl drum lines. But the other thing is, is I've been with these guys for 12 years, and I've never, you know... I've been an artist with them and I've never really asked for anything. I've just been always grateful and thankful for, for their acknowledgement. Uh, but recently, like two weeks ago, I, I asked for some random stuff and like, I got home from work the other day and poof, there it was sitting on my doorstep. And I was like, wow, that's so cool because it was just DCI finals. You know, those guys were like wow. busy all summer, right? Going crazy. They're busy getting fall orders ready. So I appreciate it. And, and you know, Pearl Adams, it's the best. What can you do? <laughs> They're really out there working the hardest, huh? <laughs> they are. Yeah. It's very, very cool that they take care of the little guy, too. So thank you. Steven, why don't you take the next one? Yeah, Jackie. This week I want to gush and go on about my high school that I teach, Cherokee High School. We just wrapped up band camp just just wrapped it up um and it's been exciting this this year we uh, are going out of our way to really try to just push a lot on the kids right away trying to make things challenging trying to make things educational and fun and the kids are just eating it up they give it right back to us every time 
Uh, and it's been just really enjoyable. A lot of work. I am exhausted. But Bandcamp, it's been a good Bandcamp. It's in the books. Can't wait to see how the rest of the year goes. Jeremy, what do you want to gush and go on about for the week? You know, I'm going to gush and go on about... Um, I'm tacking at my marching band that I used to march, my high school marching band. And it's been a couple of weeks. We took after... We took... We did band camp over the summer. We took a couple of weeks off, and then now we're doing every Wednesday and Saturday. And I'm just really excited. We've got the whole opener on the field with music, and we're finishing up getting the ballad on with music this Saturday. And it's it's an, it's an exciting season. The past two years, we made state finals, and I'm excited to see what we do this year. Awesome. You got a lot of good kids this year, too, since we're finally kind of out of that haze of <laughs> of what has been going on the last few years here. Oh, yeah. it's uh, We were very fortunate, even though, I mean, competitively, we took that year off. We were still able to get together, do some kind of a like community performance thing. And it was a lot smaller than we typically do, a lot shorter show. But it was really cool to be able to keep doing that and not let that break really cause that much to fall back. Nice. All right, let's go to Nicole. Well, I think my gush and go has to be about marching band, obviously, because I'm excited to see what the different states are bringing this fall season and how I can contribute to it. Um, also, one of my first things that I'm doing this fall season is going to Omaha to consult with uh, three different marching bands. So that's going to be fun. So that's what I'm gushing about. And Sandy, you know how this works. What do you want to gush and go about this week? Hmm. Um, I guess two things. I'll kind of go off the band camp thing. Um, I'm excited because our group had a really early band camp this year. We had two weeks of it because my husband and I were going out to Indy, so we couldn't really do it, you know, when most people do it, which is during that uh, break week for DCA. But we got um, our opener and our ballad on the field, and now we just are finishing up third song. So it's like a really productive year, which is exciting. Um, and then I would say this year it was really good coming back from um, Indy because I feel like our core did a good job of, um, you know, just being able to pick up where we left off on the break. And it was really fun to see like, oh, cool, we're all back together and we're, you know, doing this thing again for a couple more weeks. So Well, because everybody was at the alumni band, right? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say everybody, but yeah, there was quite a there was quite a few of us um, that went out there together. But no, it's like I feel like that break week is so great, and it's always so tough to come back from. But it it felt like you know, like we didn't have any time apart, which was cool. Oh, that's so nice. Okay, everyone, Jeremy has some interesting facts about drum corps auditions that he's going to share right after our main interview. So make sure you guys stick around for that. We'll see you on the next water break. Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward 
When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. All right, we are back on the sidelines with this week's guest clinician, and you guys are going to love this one. I have Pat Shagnon from the Troopers here. Hi, Pat. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I we have a little tradition here that uh, we like to use to start the conversation. And uh, what it is is called the 32-count life story. I'm going to play <laughs> a metronome sound for you. It's going to give you eight to start. And then okay. you basically have 32 counts to tell your entire life story from birth to today, whatever you want to throw in there. It's about 30 seconds or so. Okay. All right. Give me my eight for nothing. Here we go. All right. All right. Life story. I grew up with drum corps. I was still with drum corps. I'm now 57 years old. I still do drum corps. Um, started with marching band. I'm still with drum corps. That's my life story. The whole thing. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's my life. It has been, it has been wrapped around drum corps. Well, what, where did you get your start in drum corps? What got you interested in it? So as a kid, um, my mother never let us listen to the radio, right? Popular music was just not a thing in our house, but she loved drum corps and she would buy record albums. Yes, back in the day of vinyl. And uh, that's what we listened to. So I kind of had it in my head. And in the late 60s, early 70s, the Drippers from Wyoming, the Junior Competing Corps, would actually travel to Massachusetts and they would stay in my hometown. And I saw them uh, many, many summers, many, many summers growing up. And one day I turned to my mom and I said, I have to do that. So I started in middle school band and high school marching band. And then, you know, I joined a local drum corps and I said, no, this isn't what I want. I want to go to Wyoming. So I packed a bag and I went to Wyoming and that's how I got started. And so you joined the troopers. How did you go from, so, so we actually know you through, um, through Sandy, who we're talking to this week and she was in the troopers legacy Corps. Uh, yep. And basically, the um, you became the Troopers Legacy Director. How did you go from from this, you know, small town kid never listening yep. to the radio to the director of this program? Uh, funny story. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. I've been an active volunteer since my marching days. Um, you know, in in junior corps, you you have an age limit, and when I reached it. I stayed on as a volunteer and I just been doing various uh, sundries of things over the last 30 years or so. And about five years ago, we had a meeting with a, a large group of alumni and there was conversation about, Hey, we want to do this, you know, kind of alumni slash legacy core thing. And there's this great conversation happening, 
but no one's putting their hand up saying, you know, I'll, I'll take the reins here. And uh, after about 10 minutes of conversation, I leaned over to a friend of mine sitting next to me and I said, watch this. I'm about to do something crazy. So I stood up, I put my hand up and I said, <laughs> I'll do it because I'm one of those people. If, if we're going to do something, just do it. So we set out a five-year plan. Uh, first year was a pilot. Second year was let's grow a little bit, something locally. Ultimately, the goal was to play a DCI finals, which we did this year. Um, so it was literally, uh, I stuck my hand up. There was no, you know, no job application, nothing like that. I stuck my hand up and I said, I'll do it. I used my business background to put together a plan and, and here we were. So Pat. You just like threw your hat in there. You were like, yeah, I'll do this. This is me. This is everything about me. Or were you like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'll do it anyway. <laughs> A little of both, actually, Tom. Um, no, I, when I stuck my hand up, I, I took my business background and said, you know, let's just drop a five-year plan and let's see if this works, see if it flies. Um, there was a little bit of crazy in there because um, I wasn't entirely sure what we were getting into it hadn't been done before with the organization so there was a little bit of unknown but i relied very heavily on my business background to kind of guide my decisions wow was, so was what the, were the you, group go ahead jackie i was just going to say what were you kind of expecting to get out of this versus like what has actually become of it like is there things that you were like yeah, this is how it's going to go. And then it didn't go that way or vice versa. Oh, absolutely. You know, when we got started the first year that we put a core on in the field, we had like 32 members and it was our pilot program. You know, can we really do this? You know, what are the parts and pieces? And we thought, well, okay, this is a pretty successful pilot. Well, what happened next was COVID. And it completely mm. took my five-year plan and just threw it out the window and said, good luck to you. Um, so we lost all of 2020 and because of COVID, the normal DCI summer tour kind of got ripped to shreds. So that kind of screwed us up and we had to come up with some, some other alternative. So I called some friends of mine, um, here on the East coast and I said, any ideas? And they said, well, there's this thing down in Plymouth that celebrates Thanksgiving. Would you be interested in bringing core there? And I was like, why not? I haven't tried any of this other stuff. So why not? So we sent a core of about 80 people down to Plymouth and we had a blast. It was like a three day weekend. It was a bunch of, you know, drum corps enthusiasts getting together, having a great time. And, you know, after that, we're like, okay, we're back on track. And from there it was, all right, we're going to play the next summer at our home show in Wyoming. And we're going to play at a big stadium in Denver. So we did that and we said, okay, now that that's successful, let's shoot for the moon and go to DCI in Indianapolis. So we took a couple of left turns in there, um, but we eventually ended up where we had initially set out to, you know, in our in our original five year plan. We just took a couple detours to get there. <laughs> now, is the group made up primarily of alumni, or is it a good mixture of people that just wanted to be a trooper for once in their life? <laughs> Great question. Um, it's about 50-50. So about 50% were actual, you know, junior corps marching members like myself. Um, and the rest were what I call dreamers and hopefuls and wishing for 
Um, you know, many times I heard, you know, I've always wanted to do this. I never thought I could. You've given me an opportunity. I always wanted to be part of the troopers, but I couldn't right. in my younger days. So there, there was a lot of, um, it, it might sound a little hooky, but a lot of dreams coming true for a lot of people. I, I got to be honest, Pat, I considered it myself this summer. <laughs> what? Why? Why didn't you come where, down? Where then? are you at, Tom? <laughs> Tom, I, I'm a little busy. I'm, you know, I'm not, but I'm a little bit busy here and there. We found I, time. It was a, a week. It was, yeah. It was. It was yeah. a lot of fun. I can tell you, as the director standing back and watching, we had 200. And, I think 212 members all together and uh, watching, you know, complete strangers come together and a get to know each other very, very quickly, but B put a show together. That was in my opinion, out of the park, incredible. Um, it was, it was a really neat experience. And I, I think everyone that walked away, um, walked away feeling like not only did they accomplish something, but they gained something they never thought they would have, which is a, a larger sense of, that drum corps community, which is really the ultimate goal. So Sandy kind of gave us an idea behind like how long the members had to prepare and what they had to do leading up to this. But as the director, when did all of this start for you? And what did you have to do going into this? This seems like it would be a monstrous task with a lot of preparation on the front end versus. Yeah. Um, it became my second full-time job for five years in a row. Um, you know, it's not just where do we get our uniforms? Where do we, you know, what flags do we use? It's, it's raising money. It's making sure you have insurance. It's making sure you have rehearsal facilities, transportation. Oh yeah. Uniforms, equipment, all of those things. (laughs) Um, you know, how do you feed 212 people, you know, every day? How do you make sure that their health is is attended to because let's face it you know we're not the spring chickens we like to think we are (laughs) um so there there is a lot of behind the scenes and you know in a typical junior corps drum corps um situation the day after dci finals is when they start planning the next year and that's pretty much how i had to operate even with just something that was only going to last a week i had the same level of responsibilities all the things that the junior corps had to do, I had to do them just on a different scale. So it became a second full-time job, quite honestly. Right, right. Well, a lot of us want to know, Pat, what was the service dog's name? <laughs> we actually had two service dogs. Right, um, right. Yeah, the one the one that you saw on on the Jumbotron, his name was Trigger. <laughs> and the other How one appropriate. Oh, very well he um he uh, was assisting one of our trumpet players uh will betts who was a uh, iraqi veteran and uh awesome. trigger was he's an amazing dog and took really good care of will and you know the, the stadium kind of erupted a little bit when trigger ran out onto the field and it was just one of those I really bet. feel-good moments he's part of the family for um, sure. Now I have a service dog and her name's Marty. Uh, they've seen her Marty. many times there. But Marty comes to marching band rehearsals with me. And um, a lot of people are just amazed. You know, she just sits. She's not distracted. She's not, you know, yep. she doesn't bark. Um, 
you know, she let the kids know when they played a dirty role or something, but. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, we, one of my uh, philosophies was if you wanted to be in, we'll find a space, you know, um, For sure. didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what, you know, Will came to me a couple of years ago and said, I really want to do this, but I have a service dog. Is there any way that we can make this happen? And sure, we made it happen. He he tethered Trigger to his waistband and he did a parade and he did a standstill concert. And, you know, we had a little <laughs> bit of trouble in, in, in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, but we had a handler there for him. So we found a way. Um, and I've had other players, you know, we had a woman that marched in the junior corps back in the 60s as a soprano player. And after so many years, she's like, I, I can't possibly play again. Is there a place for me? Yes, there's this this thing called the honor guard, and she was very happy to do that. So everybody had a place, everybody had a home, um, and you know everybody that came to me and said I can't memorize twelve minutes worth of music. My answer was, well, memorize six, contribute what you can, and your experience <laughs> will be great. So cool. I absolutely yeah. love that. Just just that there's so many people who want to do drum corps and like there. You know, drum corps is literally the stuff of dreams. I love that you're making these dreams happen for so many people out there, you know, who maybe couldn't do it the first time around or they wanted to do more than what they did. Like, that's, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, we had, we had quite a few members say, you know, I, I looked at drum corps when I was, you know, a kid in marching band and never thought I could do it. And now here I am after this experience walking away going, I need to do that again, you know. We had um, we had a couple of um, mother son father son um, experiences, and you know now those kids because they've had a, had the experience with the Legacy Corps, they're now going to try out for the Junior Competing Corps. So oh, we nice. kind of gave them that insight, you know what what drum corps is, and you know it, it just expands the brand, it expands the community, and you know gives a kid a chance to kind of learn what it is before they jump right into an eight-week tour so mission accomplished so pat what's the future of the troopers legacy group are we going to see them again are they going to be around to do parades you know local performances it's really hard for me to answer that question and let me tell you why i committed to five years I said, I will lead this thing. I will follow this plan for five years. And then I'm literally going to retire. Um, <laughs> I've been doing drum corps since I was 17 years old um, in various forms as a performer, as an instructor, you know, I, I've touched it all. And this was really the pinnacle of my drum corps career. So I committed to my spouse. I'm retiring. So, um, so, so for me, you know, the legacy core has hit the, hit the cherry on top and, you know, that's the way I'm going to go out. As far as the organization itself goes, the legacy core is an official part of Troopers Inc., meaning the, the parent company of the, the junior core. So basically we have two performing units and the, the conversation that's happening now is, you know, do we, stay on this large scale trajectory 
or do we kind of scale back and maybe do things a little more locally, keeping people involved, um, but not spending the time, energy, effort, and money? Um, because putting a drum corps, you know, on the field, on the road, it's it's big business. Um, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, Even for, for the week. one... Yeah, exactly. For the one week uh, that we were together, you know, our budget was a hundred thousand plus. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. So, you know, the organization, its main focus is the, of course, the junior competing corps. Um, So the the conversations are really just starting up what it's going to look like. I've actually had some people reach out to me already and say, we know you retired, but would you be willing to take a core back to Plymouth? Um, because we had such a good time. And there's, there's a pretty heavy concentration of members from, you know, the, I'll call it the Eastern time zone, um, that would probably make it up to Plymouth. And I, you know, I had to stand firm and say, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just not for me. Um, but somebody right. should step up. Um, I would hate to see what we've built, you know, kind of die on the vine. Um, but, um, but yeah, for me, this was my swan song. So Pat, I have to ask you, um, I know we all had our top moments of the week, but what were your three top moments of the week while we were out there? Oh gosh. Only three, (laughs) only three. Listen, you can keep going if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in no particular order. Um, my first highlight, honest to God, was seeing everybody at check-in. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was nice to see, you know, old friends get back together and, and big smiles and laugh for, you know, laughter and, and that kind of camaraderie. And at the feeling. same time, new members coming in and it was like they were part of the gang already. So that to me was, was a super, super highlight. Um, the next big highlight, I think, was when we did our first full run through on the rehearsal field and you guys hit the sunburst move at the end of the show. And I had to turn away because I was just like ugly crying. Um, it was, it was definitely a highlight. And then, you know, that whole Friday night experience from, from warmups in the warmup room with Sarah, you know, all the way down through the tunnel, um, <laughs> excuse me it was um it was an emotional journey that i i didn't expect to take and a little added bonus there was um dan potter and and uh gosh and Lindsay, i can't remember her last name um they did the you know they do the the running commentary during the show and they grabbed me out of the tunnel and said you know hey come on we want to do a quick interview with you and i'm like oh okay sure why not um <laughs> next thing i know i look up and i see my face on the jumbotron <laughs> and all of a sudden my phone started blowing up hey you're on the jumbo truck <laughs> so i mean that was kind of, you know it was person. a weird little thing but it was kind of cool um and then just standing on the sideline watching the performance just unfold knowing the effort that went in knowing i mean i was watching i was watching members they couldn't play because they had tears streaming down their face. So I know I went over my three. I think I'm at five now, and I could probably keep going, Sandy. But <laughs> For um, sure. just knowing the the impact that we had on people, that this whole experience had on people, um, you know, that's that's what I feel good most about. You know, is we had that positive impact. Um, 
that makes it worthwhile for me. So well, I have to say, I have to say during that week, you were an incredible motivator. Like I was always so excited to pull it into the podium and <laughs> see what you had to say. And I think that a lot of people were very much motivated by your words. Thank you. It's, uh, it's not something I, I set out to do. It's just kind of something that came a little naturally to me. I, I, I've always been comfortable public speaking anyway. Um, so it just kind of, you know, words kind of fell out and I can read a room. I can read, you know, having taught high school kids, um, marching band, winter percussion, indoor color guard, you can, you can kind of right read the room. Yeah. You, you learn how to read the room a little bit. And, um, you know, you know, when, when your members need a little camp counseling and you know, when they need a little kick in the backside and you know, when they just need a, you know, go take a break and cool off. And, and, uh, yeah, I, it, that's, uh, you know what, I'm going to tack that on as number six. Cause I really enjoy that part too. <laughs> I, I, I like connecting with the, with the members and, and just having a heart to heart. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you found it valuable. Very much so. It was an amazing week. It was so well organized. You know, you were, again, you were an amazing, like motivational speaker, like everything. It was like, you guys really considered, uh, what the member experience was and to really, um, that was the surrounding part of it was really the member experience and what that could mean to somebody and taking that away with them. So that was incredible. And I thank you for that. I'm very glad to hear that. That's that to me is payment enough. <laughs> All right, Pat, I've got two more questions for you. One is like, okay. very, one is super intense. It's been on everybody's minds and their lips have been asking me how big were the symbols in the pit? <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, those, those symbols have been custom made by the Zildjian company for um, Al. His name is Al DeSantis. He's been mm -hmm. crashing those symbols for the better part of 30 years, Ooh. and they are 36 inches around. Each wow. weighs about 40 pounds a piece. Now, was Al, Al, was he another senior Corps person? Was he from the Hurricanes? Yes, exactly. Um, Al yeah, that's where I met him back in the in the nineties, he would crash those things, man. Amazing. Uh, it yep. was cool to see him there with the troopers. That was a really cool moment. The other question I got for you, Pat is did the legacy members receive some sort of honorary trooper thing? Like most cores give out like a pendant, a necklace, uh, you know, a patch, you know, a member patch or something, either mm, finals week yeah. or early mm -hmm. season. Did they become official troopers at that 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 moment? Great question. Um, the short answer is yes. Um, so <laughs> anyone that marched under the Legacy Corps banner is now considered a full-fledged trooper. Therefore, awesome. they are a trooper alumni. Um, and and it was important to me that you know everybody has the opportunity to get a jacket, and most people did. Yes, there were member patches. We even went so far as um, all the members got a medal uh, for their participation Aww. in in the DCI because you know the finalists get their medals. Why can't we? So we had them custom made. Right. So everybody had something that they could take away from the experience, put on their wall, and go, "Yep, I did that." Very cool. Very cool. So Pat. if people want to know about 
being involved with the Troopers Alumni Corps or the, the legacy organization or anything, how, how do they find that information? Where should they go? Oof, uh, another great question because the future of the Legacy Corps is still a little unknown. Um, but I would say for right now, you could probably reach out to alumni at troopersdrumcorps.org. Um, that is, that is kind of like the governing body of, of all alumni activities. Um, and they would be closest to, you know, decisions or conversations that happen with the board of directors. And if our follow our listeners want to follow you on social media, can they find you? <laughs> I try to hide. <laughs> so yeah, so on Insta and it's and it has kind of fallen off. Uh, we're on Insta under Troopers Legacy. Um, our members group is private um, on purpose. We're not going to obviously open that up on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I've I since Indianapolis, I've probably received over a thousand friend requests. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's always, hey, I saw you in Indianapolis. This looks really cool. So, um, yeah, so my profile on, on Facebook is very easy to find. And, um, yeah, you can tell it's me because it's just right now overloaded with Legacy Corp pictures and bits. <laughs> well, I just found you on Instagram, Troopers Legacy, all one word, and I'm following it. So awesome. We are- ready <laughs> yeah we, ready we've got a lot of we've got a lot of a lot of imagery that we want to put up it's just uh i need to just take a step back for a little bit and right, just kind of chill so yeah we'll but the that's the best world. place to keep up with us you know all your hard work and we don't know what went on in those five plus year plan but the outcome was so great and spectacular the drum corps community was so thankful uh for, for everything that got done, Pat. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I, I really appreciate that feedback. And, and it's it's always good to hear that what we put together, what we worked incredibly hard for was not only well-received, but enjoyed and cherished by those that received it. So so I appreciate that, that feedback. I appreciate so much your time for being able to be on here because this is just a great, like, a great interview. Honestly, you're really pushing me in the direction of looking at... Uh, doing some alumni stuff myself maybe we'll see if that can be in the cards and, they, oh uh, sandy you heard that right you can i did i did she yeah. said that the other night i was like absolutely great i'll be honest with you even if it's outside the troopers organization there are a large number of alumni cores that high quality and you know organizations um that anybody will have fun with um you know, varying degrees of, of time commitment and that sort of thing. So if it's if it's something you're interested, in, I highly, highly encourage it. Um, it's just a great way to to you know release a little a little work stress and just go do something a little fun. So I encourage it. I encourage it. And by the way, if you give me the chance, I could talk troopers for days. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really appreciate your time today to be here on on the sidelines at our rehearsal. Now we're going to get back and take some more chunks right from the top of the show. So we'll see you guys right after this break. All right. Thanks so much. 
Hey there, it's Tim Hinton, the beast of the marching arts. I'm the host of the Marching Roundtable podcast, and coming this next Monday is our DCI 2023 wrap-up. This is usually one of our most popular podcasts of the year, as we talk about shows we loved and memorable moments that made this such a great year for drum corps. You'll hear comments like this. But there was so much energy in that show, too. I mean, finals night sitting in the stands was I mean, out of this world. You know, I swear they held that cord at the end longer just so they could keep spinning them and let the crowd go nuts for them. Like, uh. <laughs> I have to give it to Crown as well. They're always really big. Like, they're not afraid to take up space with their guard, with their horn line, with their music, with all of it. Um, and so they can fill that entire stadium really, really easily with everything that they're doing. And it's really, really impressive. Specifically in the uh, snare feature, which they have several of, but uh, they have this moment where they do a really impressive stick trick, which I had only really seen online as like a one-off, one guy can do this thing and everyone's impressed. Uh, But it's called the Casey Claw and it's like a back stick. They're really just like, it looks like you're rotating your hand like crazy. You could watch the Cavaliers this summer and see them do it. (laughs) Um, But I've never seen a whole line do it before. Clean. It was amazing. Watch for our DCI wrap-up podcast next Monday at marchingroundtable.com. And out now is a podcast called Administrators Talk Marching Band. Three administrators talk about the importance of marching band for the school, the community, and the students. Directors, you'll find this a very helpful resource. And if you're thinking about marching drum corps next season, go right now to our free resource called Paying for Drum Corps, endorsed by Drum Corps International. It's an hour-long presentation, which includes everything you need to raise the money for your drum corps tuition quickly and easily. Listen to me. Now is the time to take an hour, learn how to use your time and energy most efficiently, and get your dues taken care of early. Go to payingfordrumcorps.com. Okay, everyone, it is time to move to the news. First up is DCI news from Jeremy at Drum Corps Today. And you have been working on some great information for us. And I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm always happy when you're here with us live. It just makes me so glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's, it's, it's great to be back. I know I was here just a couple weeks ago, but it feels like forever. But yeah, uh, I know it's just August, but we're already looking at audition season coming up and... So far, there's only a handful of cores that have released audition uh, registration. Blue Devils, Carolina Crown, Crossman, Genesis, and Spartans have all released audition. Like, you can register for the auditions now already. Um, a handful more cores, Blue Knights, Blue Stars, Blue Coats, Boston, uh, Crossman, sorry, Colts, the Cavaliers, Madison Music City, Pacific Crest, Phantom Regiment, Seattle Cascades, Spirit of Atlanta, and Troopers in the World Class Division are all all have interest forms available now. Moving into the open class world, we have the Battalion, Gold, Golden Empire, Heatwave, Raiders, River City Rhythm, Southwind, and Spartans. And new this season, DCA is moving over to the Drum Corps International World as an all-age class. And in that class, we have Atlanta CV, we've got Bushwhackers, we've got Hawthorne Caballeros, Fusion Corps, Hurricanes, White Sabres, Governeries, Rogue, Hollow Regiment, and Skyliners. And then just a couple more cores sitting in the Soundsport division, which is a slightly different division than the rest of our DCI cores. We have Eclipse, 
Gems, Impact, Memphis Blues, Northern Lights, and Zephyrus all have their interest forms. And Gems, you can actually sign up for their November camp right now. Uh, so I just want to throw it out to Rogue's Hollow Regiment also, because we talked about them in the last episode. Uh, and they were at the uh, WAMSB and got some awards there. So if you guys are interested uh. in doing DCA, which is now the DCI all-age class, uh, check them out. They're an award-winning yeah, it's definitely, I mean, 2023 was an exciting season, but just seeing all this growth going into 2024, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and it's really cool now. I always feel like felt like DCA was such a well-kept secret on the East Coast because, like, the rest of the country doesn't even really know what we get up to over here. <laughs> but now that they're moving it to uh, Indianapolis, I think that there's going to be a lot more, like, all-age groups start to crop up, like... I think it'd be really cool if like alumni cores now started competing because they could, they could just do a one and done competition at finals. You are correct on that. Like, honestly, I really liked blue coats when they came back. If some other cores were to do that and it's just, so, you know, uh, I was the the percussion caption head for the San Francisco Renegades, um, 2007 through 2000. Uh, 10 and all summer long we didn't see another senior corps we performed at all the west coast shows um yeah sometimes we had enough money where we could pay for a panel to judge us but most of the time it was as exhibition or we would get judged on world-class sheets um we wouldn't see anybody until prelims morning at dca championships um <laughs> it's crazy and it was kind of like rock star status when you know, a California core showed up at senior core championship. That's what I was going to say. I mean, is the majority I, I, uh, of it's from the East Coast. Yeah, and I, I, like, didn't even really realize for the longest time that there was a group from California in DCA. Like, that's wild. <laughs> this is such, like, a little East Coast community. To, to be engaged with that from California sounds like... Um. We had a lot of membership from outside of California, actually. From outside of California. So where were they from? Uh, We had people from Spirit of Atlanta marching with us, you know, alumni from from Georgia, Texas. Uh, People from New England came out to march with the Corps. The Corps got more and more popular. across the country to march with the California Corps and then came all the way back. They would. They would. Some people would come out every weekend over the summer, fly out. Some would do it like every couple of weeks for a show. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. The flyer model. That's a special kind of person. We we didn't have a full core performance probably till prelims morning. Wow. (laughs) Gotta love it. Gotta love DCA. Jeremy, it is. It's a different beat. (laughs) Jeremy, I just want to say thanks. And you're so organized and on top of things do you want to like tell people about this um spreadsheet that you've got going on here because i'm looking at it i'm just like amazed i'm blown away yeah absolutely if you want to go over to instagram we're on instagram drum corps today and take a look at the link we have up top on our link tree and we've got 2024 audition information the spreadsheet you got linked right there click on it take a look see anything i updated it as much as possible 
sometimes there's a while between announcements and stuff, so it'll just sit for a while. But I try to check pretty much every day to see what updates any cores have posted. That's awesome. And whatever DCI is paying you, you should you need a raise. <laughs> Double it, triple it. <laughs> what is it? Double it, triple it. Don't give it to another person. Give it to me. <laughs> All right, so let's see what stories you guys have brought. Steven, why don't you start us off? Right, so my first story that I have for us here, Drum Corps International and the city of Indianapolis have extended their contract through 2033. So we will see DCI finals in Indy at Lucas Oil Stadium for... uh, the next 10 years, they've also not just uh, DCI finals, but they've renewed PASIC for another five years. So uh, we'll see the uh, the Midwest continue to be the hub of the marching arts for the foreseeable future. I, I got to be honest, I disagree with this. Well, that was going to be my follow-up question to this story is where would you guys rather see... It, it, it DCI needs to finals. be outdoors. I mean, that's where majority of the, mm. all of these groups rehearse. That's where we, we mm-hmm. gear our sound to. Um, but that's not true. The top five produce a product for that indoor event. Yeah. Very true. So, I mean, it's, it it does play, pla- play, play a factor into finances. Yeah, because I guess it, it really... I feel like you can hide a lot more with electronics in a dome than you can in a truly like outdoor space. Um, and I don't know if groups are, are using that to their advantage, but I know that it, it impacts how everyone is going to design their shows because they're going to try to design in the most like effective way they can. Um, I think it would be pretty cool if we had DCI finals somewhere down on a beach, maybe like, <laughs> go to Wildwood, like the good old classic TOB indoor finals. But I think that's where DCA starts out. Wildwood's in New Jersey, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Classic yep, DCA. I, DCA, sorry. But yes, <laughs> they start there. They have a show there. I remember doing that show. Uh, I'm yeah. all for bringing it out here to California. Hmm. So then would the uh, Cali groups just, like, leave? They do a big loop? Or would they just hang out in California the whole summer? I think you would still have to do a loop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely got to do a loop. At least make it out to Texas. I will say, like, when I marched Blue Stars, granted, it was when we were just getting back into world class, but the... uh, we really kept it to the Midwest for the most part. We didn't do a lot of... We did go down and and do some, like, some... uh, Atlantic Coast shows in Georgia. But at that time, though, Jackie, you, your competition was the Colts and True. a few other cores, so you didn't have to go too far for your, your competitive competition. Well, I was just upset because the following year, uh, the year that I decided <laughs> to take off, finals was in California at the Rose Bowl. So there we were. Oh, uh, uh, there it is. There it goes. <laughs> Nicole, what's your story for today? Oh my goodness. Okay. So we're talking about how people are not people, how, uh, you know, big companies like DCI and DCA are 
you know, extending. We're going to talk about WGI and how they are extending being in Dayton until the year or throughout until the year 2031. See, that's a good Mm -hmm. idea. It is a great idea. I mean, honestly, over the years, and when I say over the years, I mean like my career in color guard. Um, I've pretty much only known it to be in Dayton. Um, uh, there was one year, my first year in world class when I was with Patriots, we were in Milwaukee. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Yeah, rainy Milwaukee. Yep, and uh, uh, Winter Guard and uh, percussion happened out at the same time. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. So, like, we practiced, and then at that time, too, uh, Patriots had a a, a winter guard, I mean, sorry, a winter drum line. So like we went and helped, you know, them and supported them and then they would help us and support us. So it was a cool time, but my goodness, was it windy? So <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, but also too, there's so many different places to, um, to go um, as far as performance areas and practice areas that are in Dayton. I don't think that there's another city that's kind of set up that way. Um, Even the radius around it, yeah, like an hour around. Yeah, not to mention like 45 minutes down the road on 75, which is, you know, is Xavier, you know, which is another huge hub for, you know, um, A-class prelims, first of all. I mean, that's where that most of that happens. Um, you've got the Nutter Center. You've got um, the Convention Center. So there's just lots of places. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that it stays there, you know. So, yeah, okay. I'm especially, glad. That- I was going to say, especially because it's affordable, too. Like, I remember they wanted to move to Orlando a couple years back. And mm-hmm. that would have been really fun. But I feel like it would have been really impractical for a lot of the programs that go to Dayton. Yeah, that I heard from an inside person when they were touring um, the facilities and stuff like that, because like I grew up watching the cheerleader uh, championships on like ESPN mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Jackie, have you ever watched those? Uh, it's, watched it's it been before? a minute, but yeah, <laughs> right. no, it's totally been a minute. It's been eons, decades. It was almost prehistoric, <laughs> but um when I would watch those, like that's the area at which that was going to happen. And what they were going to do is like uh, close. I mean, like, well, this was the talk was that Disney world or whatever is in Florida would um, just open up to the participating groups that were going to be there so that there would be like a parade and all this other stuff. And uh, yeah, I just don't think that the actual area performance areas would have done as much as, um, Dayton. I mean, if you really look, I mean, some of you, even on this podcast right now, I know you've been to Dayton, but like where Dayton has come from to where it is right now, like the amount of renovations that's happening and upgrades that's happened. Mm-hmm. Like I walk into that place maybe every so often, especially after the pandemic and it just looks like a completely brand new place, you know? It is pretty brand new with all the different construction that they did. And I guess, are they still doing construction on that building? Or is it done now? On the building? Oh, are you talking about just the arena or the whole city? Oh, no, I'm just like UD Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember for like several years there, they were building new like additions onto the seating. Um, Yeah. 
I think now they're done, but either way, it's super nice in there. It, I feel like it's just right. It would be, it would like, feel wrong to have WGI finals anyplace else. Can I else. petition though that they add on a warm up gym mm. to take care of that tent or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the tent's better than it was, like that one we had beforehand. Something. You know what I mean? Like you still have the. I mean, well, what we still have? Oh, I know what you're talking about now. It's like that little locker that, room. Yes, the room where the the body warm up happens is like, it's like yeah. a little yeah, it's like a little locker room. And now, granted, I had a small team when we went, and like we still filled that whole place. And I got to tag along with uh, a friend of mine's team, and they had a team that was three times the size of ours, and it was packed they hardly had any room to do any body warming up and it was just like what on mm -hmm. earth this is crazy like this is what we're doing to our I've world class in... performers <laughs> i've been in there with um uh, i've been in there with o2 o3 uh with origins <laughs> um whatever but yes yeah it's small it's small you have to take turns yep. it's like oh you look great hey, my turn yep. all right you look great my turn um Outside of that, though, like it does bring an um, enormous amount of economy yeah. and revenue to the city itself. Um, I used to live in Dayton before I moved to Texas. I lived there for three years. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Um, but I lived there for three years and we were, I mean, that is the thing that like honestly brings Dayton to life. Um, outside of those times, maybe you can find something to do, you know, but like that. Well, they got basketball now. You know, they had the basketball before. <laughs> well, you're right. They've know, always had been... basketball, but uh, never on TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, well, Jeremy, and... um, Jeremy has another drum corps related story to uh bring to us today you know you say drum corps related and it is but the person that it's going to be about has nothing to do with drum oh, corps Lord. i mean i know it's common after finals to like remove and change up your staff and your board of directors but phantom regiment hired a new ceo who has no connection with the marching arts at all what? She's never been or part of drum corps, marching band, anything. And she's now the CEO of Phantom Regiment. Who now, after this? taking. What's up? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just said, who is this? <laughs> sorry. So, Phantom Regiment has hired Amanda Haymaker as its CEO moving forward into the 2024 season. And after reading through the article a bit, it seems that a lot of her time has been dedicated to being. Uh, board of directors member with the Girl Scouts, the Girl Scouts area around the Girl Scout troops in that area. And it's really cool to see activities like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. A few uh, weeks ago, I think we did it, covered an article that was talking about Boy Scouts, but it's really cool to see Scouts and Drum Corps. I mean, that's where the Madison Scouts and Cavies came from, but it's really cool to see them interacting and connecting again. That's very cool. Now I'm thinking about Girl Scout cookies. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. it's always perfect time for a Girl Scout cookie. There's well, that just makes me think of like 
Denise Bonfiglio and all of her like experience in the corporate world that had, I mean, she started out in drum corps, of course she went to the corporate world and then came back to drum corps and like utilized everything from the outside world basically to help her, you know, do to help her run drum corps better. And like, like, that's just so great. Like anytime we can get these outside perspectives from other people, I think it's, it's, Absolutely. And she, I believe, was the COO with the Girl Scout groups in the region, which is pretty much a business, yeah. not pretty much, it literally is a business position. And it's not really like, it, it'd be helpful, I guess, for the CEO to know about drum corps stuff. But in all intents and purposes, especially with how things are with the, uh, how, how expensive things are just in general, it's really important to have someone who's money minded being able to run the drum corps to help it continue to grow after the past few years of that we've seen just strong performances from Phantom Regiment. Right. Didn't, um, wasn't Bill Cook, found, you know, yeah. from Star of Indiana? He, he had no musical background or, or drum corps experience. Just business. Yep. Yes. That's what I've heard. Yeah. He just had a love for the activity. Yeah. He was just kind of like, this is cool. And then created Star of Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Genius happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone. Thanks for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you to our hosts, Tom, Stephen, Nicole, our guest host, Sandy Tate. Thanks, Jeremy from Drum Corps today for the recap. And thank you so much to Trish for catching us up on the DCA world. Go subscribe, write us a review, share this with a friend, follow us on social media at On A Water Break, and we'll see you at the next rehearsal on A Water Break. Go practice. <laughs>